Hey everybody and welcome to Silence Your Cell Phones. My name's Kevin Shelton here as always with my friend, my co-host, and my co-Boy Scout, Jared Hubbard. Yes. You're really no. struggling. You're really struggling to figure out. I was gonna I was trying to think of a way to put it where it was like slide smoothly in there and it just didn't work out. Yes. Yeah, but what's everyone? I'm Jared. Yeah, Jared Hubbard, the one and only. And Today is a very special day. It is. Jared, would you like to tell everybody the news? Yeah. Uh, as a lot of you hopefully know, or if you're just joining us on this crazy adventure that we call Silent Your Cell Phones, uh, today marks roughly a year since we began this whole shindig. One year. And look at all the progress we've made. I, yeah. I think we do. We've done a bang up job here lately. It hasn't even really felt like a year. No, not at honestly. all. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm super proud of us. We stuck with it and are sticking with it. It's not like this is a farewell or anything. If anything, this is. No. No, we're going to. We're going to. If keep anything, it. we're more excited. Yeah. For the if future. Anything, yeah. If anything, the fire's still there more than ever. So over or under. Okay. Here, I won't do that. How about how about just roughly, like roundabout? How many movies have you seen in the last twelve months? Oh shit! Okay, so I was on Letterbox last night because I was adding movies from my AMC so we could do the segment today about like our half year review. Right. And I've already seen thirty five this year. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. That's just thirty five in theaters. Yeah. So in the past year, are we counting movies we saw in theater or just movies we have watched? All of them. All, all movies we've seen. Oh. Uh, like theater obviously is different because it's just like new releases usually. Right. Um, but all of them. I mean, I would probably say close to 500. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. around five. Like completely realistically. Because there were, there were some weeks where I was getting like seven or eight. There was one week like I know you hit 10 because you hit like all the Fast and the Furious in a week and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was so long ago, too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I did that. So easily, I think very realistically, 500. I think so, too. Which is crazy when you think about like how many days are in a year. Yeah. So, like, we're watching so many movies and they really do like they add up quick. You know, you can watch some movies you watch in an hour, hour and a half, and other movies it's like two and a half, three and a half hour, you know, monsters. Yeah, yeah it all depends yeah. on, you know, how – I guess it depends on the film, you know. Like, yeah, fun. that's true. A lot – and uh, honestly, a lot of times I find that the different genres have like – Yeah. Certain lengths that they try to stick to. There's probably some sort of formula, you know, out there that says – you know, scary movies shouldn't go longer than an hour 45. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, you can only be scared for so long until it gets kind of just like, we've seen the killer kill so many people, like it's kind of redundant. Yeah. Same, same thing with comedies, right? You can just only crack so many jokes until people are just kind of ready to move Back on with the day. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are definitely the shorter ones. And then you'll just run across a three hour epic that, requires your whole attention yeah so before we get into this week's episode we got some and we got some some cool things uh on tap 
Yep. We're going to do some Stranger Things stuff and then uh, a little mini year in review, like a half year in review for uh, part of us, part of our, our one year. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, Jarrett, what'd you get into this week, man? Uh, so I watched Sing 2. Okay. We didn't do a movie in theaters because it was the Minions movie and Stranger Things came out. So right. we were much more inclined to do Stranger Things than go to the Minions movie. Um, it was so funny because you texted me that you were on the line to hop on to do the podcast because you had just gotten back from doing your door you watch the internships. I did watch the internship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, which is a movie you I see. You upload it on the line. Yeah. Instant instantaneously. instantaneously. <laughs> and that's that's Instagram. No, it's different. Yeah, it's a million dollar idea. Actually, it's a billion dollar idea. <laughs> that's probably one of the most underrated comedies. It's up there for it's, sure. It's so funny. Uh, but I I think what triggered it was I was driving home or I was at work and I heard the ironic song, the, the Alanis Morissette, that isn't it ironic? Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about that's on their like get pump jams. Yeah. And it's like, I, I dare you to smash this course <laughs> and not feel pumped. Uh, so I felt like I had to watch it. Um, Fair enough. And then besides that, it's been kind of low-key. I'm in the middle, or probably a little closer to the end of watching Thor Ragnarok, cool. uh, getting hyped for tomorrow. Um, and then Same watched, director, right? Yeah, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I've been watching a lot of Iron Chef, because I've been reading it. I've been reading a bunch still, so I I always turn on like cooking competition shows as my background noise because I don't have to pay a lot of attention to what's going on. I can look up, see the food they're making, look down, and sure. it kind of doesn't take a lot of attention. But other than that, that's been about it. Pretty low key week. What about you? Uh, I also had a pretty low key week. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jared and I were going on our second annual trip to Biloxi. And so I actually picked up a little side gig. So I've been working some nights, um, but I have been watching like a bunch of Hunter Hunter still. Yep. I'm up to episode like 115 now. I'm about, so I'm, I'm, I'm nearly done yep. rewatching it. Um, like I said before, that's one that I'll probably rewatch either once a year or once every two years uh, because I just think it's so good. Uh, on that same token, though, on the anime note, I'd like to say uh, Rip, we lost – a legend in Kazuki Takahashi. Yeah. Uh, who was the cre creator of Yu-Gi-Oh. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, so, uh, and then obviously Stranger Things. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And then two of the nights that I would have been watching movies, we actually went to a fun little uh, yeah, we did uh, escape, room. escape room. So that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, I probably won't get to as many movies next week. I'm going to try to hit some of the world games up. Yes. Uh, for those of you who also don't know, uh, we live in we're in Birmingham, so it's like a hop, skip, and a jump, you know, down the street to watch the world games. I want to learn this thing called korfball. I ran yeah. into some korfball players. Yeah, so uh, I'm not. Exactly. I'm not sure. I think I've watched. It on YouTube, but I wasn't sure uh, what 
the rules exactly were. It looked like a basketball hybrid. Yeah, they can't dribble, apparently. Like, yeah. I was asking them the rules. They can't dribble. And instead of the nets being placed on the opposite ends, uh-huh. they're both in the middle of the court. Is, is, it, is it co-ed? It is co-ed. That's yeah, what I they did say that. That's what I thought. So, I thought it was pretty neat. But they were from the Netherlands, the people I met. I so, did you meet them at the pickleball courts or something? No, I actually met them oh. at my side gig. Oh, driving? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I wasn't going to tell people, but, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was kind of cool, though. They were, like, super nice. And um, I'm trying to think. I had somebody from uh, Switzerland. I'm not sure what they did. And then somebody from Nigeria. So I've had a cool amount of people to talk to on my new job. Uh, shout out to the Till Tiger in chat. Thank you for the sub. What's up, um, man? Yeah, so I'm super excited for the World Games. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, and then I think that's pretty much it as far as, like, watching stuff. I didn't watch a whole lot. I probably won't get to a whole lot this week. Yeah. Um, honestly, between, you know, working two jobs and, and getting to see some World Games. Uh, but I do plan on finishing Hunter Hunter. So that'll be – that'll probably be my big thing for next week. Yeah. Uh, along with Thor, Love and Thunder, which yeah. I've already bought my ticket for. So Yeah. Plus we got – a trip to Cincinnati this weekend. So we do. Oh my God. We're doing a lot. Yeah. Man. We're just gallivanting all over the country. Yeah. Really? We're enjoying our 20s at the ripe age of 30. I was, I was about to say, <laughs> I think, I think we've already, we've already let the cat out of the bag that we are far from 20. Yeah. Well, well, maybe not far from. I mean, we were just there. We just passed it. It was the last exit. I meant, I meant like 22 0. Oh yeah, that yeah. Was, that was that was a couple exits ago. It was. It was. Did I know you when I was twenty? I did, right? It was sophomore year. Uh, would have been. I would have been. 19. Yeah, I know. I met you. We met at the end of freshman year. So it's been over a decade. We've known yeah, each other. That's true. Damn, I am so sorry. For I mean, we're, for... I mean, we're almost two years away from being out of college for a decade. <laughs> why are you gonna say stuff? Look, you know? <laughs> look man. Like, why are you? Why are you talk? You, know you just I mean? gotta, like, you gotta respect it, huh? Oh, so so this is supposed to be one of those wisdom slash maturity things that's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, I see. I don't know. Um, maybe some wisdom. I don't know about the maturity <laughs> part, but. Uh, All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and hop into Stranger Things. Um, that's what we want to do first, right? Yeah, I think it's right. going to start. So spoilers so, ahead. I tried to put it in the title just for anyone. Yeah. This is a discussion over the final two episodes of Stranger Things, probably some predictions into season five. Uh, so you've been warned. Hey, no problem. Kill Tiger. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, like stop this, hit pause, whatever you got to do, go watch it, come back, finish the yeah. episode. Um, there's a reason I have this handsome gentleman behind me. Rest in peace, Eddie Munson. So hear me out. Gone too soon. I've been going down a Stranger Things rabbit hole. Okay. And there are theories amongst the people that he's not dead. Explain that. Explain that. Okay. So 
in the lore of D&D, there's a character named Cass who is a vampire that was bitten by a demon bat and okay. came, came back to be the right hand of Vecna, like the actual D&D character Vecna that the antagonist is named after. No way. His, his main weapons are a sword and a spike shield. And right. he, he eventually turns on Vecna towards the end of his control. So, okay. So a lot. And then there are a couple of people like I saw it in a TikTok and in a couple of nerd Facebook groups, people had linked some interviews with the Duffer brothers talking about, you can't die from being bitten by a bat in the upside down. So well, how does that make sense? I don't know. I mean, it wasn't just like a single like bite. It wasn't like he just nibbled on his ear. Right, right. My right. man got eat like, like it was right. bad. And, and this theory could be wrong, but there was a lot of stuff. And obviously, the Duffer Brothers play homage to D and D. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of things pointing that Eddie could come back in season five. I saw a tweet that said, "I don't care how you do it." Bring Eddie back. I like they said they don't care how far fetched it is or or out, out of the realm of possibility. If they bring Eddie back, they'll just believe it. And I'm I'm with it. I agree. Yeah, I'm I mean down. if Max isn't dead, I'll believe Eddie survived in the upside down and that Dustin just left him because he thought he was dead. I feel very strongly about the Max thing, and I'm glad you brought it up. We've had this conversation. We had it when I was watching it, okay? On the last podcast, I said Max, uh, played by Sadie Sink, cannot, cannot die. She absolutely cannot. I was, I was adamant that Max lives. Yeah. And then early, very early in part two, they come up with this plan that I thought that's probably not the best plan of attack here. Yeah. Right. Like you've seen the capabilities of these people. I understand that like maybe nobody's going to believe you or like whatever the case, like I get it. I get that you want to take matters into your own hands, but like at the end of the day, you've seen what 11 can do and you're not close. Like, you're not even close to that. Right. You know what I mean? You've seen what Vecna can do. And your theory is that because Eleven is uh, completely uh, what's the, vulnerable when she's doing her thing, looking at people, you assume, right, that Vecna is also vulnerable. And, and they were right, okay? Yeah, so that's not the, that's not the dumb part of the plan. No, no, I'm getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About using Max? Yeah, that's the dumb part. That is the dumb part, okay? It's like she's just throwing her damn life away. I, I was livid, okay? You, but also, to, to just assume that Vecna is just as vulnerable as Eleven, like, you're risking everything. Yeah. Like, everybody's lives on the assumption that Maybe he's vulnerable. But, like, what if he's not? Well, they, You know what I mean? They had already known he's vulnerable. No, they did. They guessed. That was a guess. No, they ran like, into him before. 
No, they didn't. They said, we think, like, if you go back and watch part two, they're like, well, when Eleven's doing her sensory thing, she's completely vulnerable. So we assume that wherever he's doing it in the house, attic, or whatever, yeah, like that creepy house, that he's just as vulnerable. But, like, what if he hadn't been? You know what I mean? And you're just I mean, walking into the to the den of lions, you know, with, yeah. without Eleven as backup. You're well, crazy. Well, the crazy part is they even got Eleven as backup. And it still, it still wasn't enough. Yeah. Like, the, the surprise RKO out of nowhere, Eleven piggybacking off Vecna into Max's head. Yeah, that's another thing that I don't even want to get. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole of like where that came from. Look, I but it's it. they I just make it. everything plausible. That's well, just like okay. I'm. I'm more upset that like, and this is what I was hoping wasn't going to happen, is that now we're getting to the point where. It's hard for me to say the stakes are high because, like, yeah, Max is brain dead as of right now, but she should be dead dead. And then Eleven literally just goes, not today, and brings her back to life. So now we're getting to, like, yeah, Jesus-ish hours. Right. When you start writing stuff like that, and characters dying and not dying and bringing characters back. I would love to see Eddie come back. Don't get me wrong. I would also like to see Eddie stay dead because there has to be some kind of stakes for me to say like, okay, realistically, people are not going to make it out of this. Right. So what essentially my thing is that with 11, like bringing Max back from the dead, you, you've essentially created – You've made it so that Eleven essentially has to die because yeah. you've made her more than human. And I get that you've done that before, but you took her powers away, made her human. That's that's you can you can provide a, a good happy ending for right. Eleven with no powers. Well, like telepathic powers are semi plausible in the world, bringing people's hearts. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it, when you said that they made her like overly powerful in the past like even those were so plausible in the realm right like people like throwing people lifting cars doing crazy mind power stuff is like that's in this realm even more realistic than bringing people back from the dead yeah and and my only hope as, as far as that goes is that they have a an explanation that is reasonable enough that people will say, okay, I can see that, right? Like, I can understand that. Something that will, that will, you see 11 bring Max back to life and it's somewhat justifiable. So like, it can't just be, you're not dying on me today, Max. God mode, bam, life, you're welcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but if it stays the way it's going, 11 has to die at the end of the series, in my opinion. I do. I agree with that. There's also theories that Will has powers now. Because of the time he spent in the Upside Down? That and that the the last scene of the show 
when they're doing the like pan out of them over overlooking Hawkins. Yeah. He's got a nosebleed. Mm. Which is kind of like their their telltale. Yeah. Eleven always gets one when she's using her powers full force, stuff like yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it'd be kind of cool to see somebody else with powers. Yeah, I also think he's like connected to Vecna. Uh in some way. So the theory that I saw was that Vecna was the one who actually kidnapped Wolf. Yeah. Uh, originally. Yeah. And they show different clips of season one and some of the profiles that they showed. I mean, honestly, it, it did. It looked like Vecna. The Demogorgon isn't um, telepathic. Right. You see the lock go across the, the chain, like mm-hmm. move across on the other side. And so that's why they think that it was him that actually kidnapped Will Byers and not uh, Demi Gorgon. Yeah, you can also hear the clock. Mm-hmm. Which that's is, pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty so, neat. I mean, if they've been setting this up for, I mean, obviously they've been setting it up for five seasons. Um, I wish, and this sounds way worse, but I wish there would have been probably been like one more actual death Yeah, in season four. Uh I think that's what, and everyone always compares that stuff to Game of Thrones, but I think that's what set Game of Thrones apart from every other TV show was they weren't afraid to take away characters people loved. And so, like, starting in season one of Game of Thrones all the way through, you can never, like, say, oh, that character's fine. Yeah, you couldn't have a – it was hard to have a favorite, honestly, because you just don't know – if they're going to survive, like, not even the episode or the season, but the episode. Like, you don't even know if they're going to make it through the next 45 minutes. Right. Right? Um, and I think you're right. So, and, and here's – I'm not saying I was disappointed. I wasn't. No, it was great. I, it was I a great it. season. I think the, the bar's been set pretty high. I think everybody knows that Stranger Things is a very popular, very well-liked show. I think it broke some sort of viewing record uh, globally on Netflix, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think that there should have been at least one more, uh, like not, not memorable, but, um, important, I guess, uh, death. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think it would have set the stage a lot better for the next season. Uh, it probably would make some of their actions more justifiable to act independently, um, for instance, if Max died to Vecna, then I would understand the anger from the group, and that would then justify them fighting Vecna alone, yeah, right, or whatever the case is, or trying to get back to the upside down, or you know. Um, so I don't know how they're going to set that up, but I mean, I'm sure they'll make it work, they've made it work so far. Yeah, I mean, they have pretty much two years, so. Yeah. Was that release date confirmed? Uh, Yeah, 2024 is confirmed. They don't have a a firm month or date, but I'm pretty sure 2024 is hard. Okay, good. That'll be exciting then. Only two more years, everybody. Woo! Um, Let's see. 
Steve and Nancy. Let's talk about that. Uh, look. They have some cool moments. I'm a Steve Sint. I get it. So, and, and I understand, and here's the thing, and, and I'll tell the viewers too why, why it is, what, what's so appealing about Steve, all right? Obviously, besides his charm and dashing good looks, yes. which he has, okay? I won't deny that. Steve's a good-looking look, good cat. But Steve has shown a true uh, character development. You've seen a really nice art from Steve. Um, it's refreshing. It's really cool what he's done as a character. I think he's one of, if not the favorite character of the show. Uh, you know, the babysitter, you know, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. I understand the Nancy Steve thing. I really do. And I told you this earlier. I I put um, Jonathan, I put him on a leash this season. I gave him a leash. I gave him some leeway to, to work out what he needs to work out. Because I do still want it to work out with him and Nancy. I really do. Yeah, I true. think it was a really cool story. It was very cute. Like, you know, Jonathan, obviously, like, not Mr. Popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting the girl. Who doesn't love that? So, after everything that happened, I can justify his behavior a little bit. I can. He had a nice moment with, with Will. Yeah. At the at the end, and it seemed he seemed to be more himself. Um you know, being there for his brother. Now I need him to translate that to being there for Nancy, like as, as a man. Right. You know what I mean? I do want Steve to be happy. I just, I, right where I stand right now, it's, it's, it's not with Nancy quite yet, but, but I am close. And I, and if he continues, if Jonathan continues down the path that he's on, I, I promise you, you can quote me. I will be team Steve, Nancy, Stancy. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Nansington? No. Go ahead. I don't I don't think Steve makes it out of season five. Wow. Really and truly, it's almost like he can't. Well, it's like, so you see it towards the end or pretty much at the very end of the last episode Steve's almost now become one of if not the most selfless characters in the show like when he's just he's over there folding clothes he's looking up he sees Robin talking to her crush and he's just smiling like Steve genuinely is happy for other people right and I think Steve will make a sacrifice to protect a Dustin or a Robin or even a Nancy sure. that will cost him his life. That could very well be the That's, case. I, I don't think he comes out of season five, but I think he dies a hero. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I can see it. I totally understand uh, that as a, as a real possibility for the last season. Um, you know, it's almost like we, we've started to put Steve on this pedestal yeah. a little bit. Not that he hasn't earned it, because he's he's been everything we've wanted, and then some. Um, it's almost like a character that pure and good can't can't exist. Yeah, you know, in this world that they've built, where a lot of 
bad things happen. Well, it's just like ingrained to me when people start talking about their happy ending, like he was with Nancy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, dude. when he was talking about I thought he was dead then. I thought he was about to die. Like, once people talking about their forever after and their dreams and stuff, like, that's he ain't going to make it to them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we laugh, but it's it's true. Like, it is the truth. Like, what if, look, whenever you see somebody start talking about their future, they ain't got it. Yeah, the future's it's, it's already written, bro. Like it's, it's just considered a wrap. That person will not see that ending ever. Never happens. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that. And that's I, 90%. It's got to be 90% of the time. Yeah. So, I thought for sure Steve was dead. He didn't die, thankfully. But I could definitely understand. I could I could understand him dying next season for sure. I think the Duffer brothers wanted to get to the final season with their core group. That's well. I think you would have had a lot of people, a lot of people, really pissed off if Steve dies. I don't. I like. I don't know that. Not me personally. I would consider it. But I bet you there's a huge population out there that would not have watched season five. If Steve died. You see, that's the whole thing. Like, I'm more okay with him dying in the final season because I don't have to go, like, an entire story without him. Yeah. You know, if I can – if he makes it through most of season five, dies toward the end, then it's cool. We got Steve for a long time. We did. Lived a good but, long life. But if not getting him for an entire season, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Who's the babysitter now? Yeah. You know, probably uh, – what's that guy? Argyle. The one who looks 30 now. He's Mike. like 6'5". Mike. Probably Mike. Mike would take over as the babysitter because he's old enough. Yeah. It's hard to pretend to be 15 when you're, he's you gonna, know, 27. Going to go buy them a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, give it a watch. Or Are we good here? Are we good on Stranger yeah. Things? I would actually, just to cap off the Stranger Things thing, I will issue a challenge to all of our listeners. If you can get us, what are we at? Roughly 300. If you get us to 400 likes and likes and subscribes by Thanksgiving, or not Thanksgiving, by Halloween, I will go as Ice Cream Steve for Halloween. I can see. Yeah, the whole the whole outfit you see in the picture behind. I you, love that. I, I will do that for Halloween. The Ahoy hat and everything. That's awesome. Four hundred subscribes. That's all we're asking. All right, you. If you do that, if you do that, we do. We get four hundred. I I will get full on Aloha Pizza Argyle geared up. Bet. I'll do Argyle. Bet. So. There you go. You'll get a you'll get a picture. You'll probably get a, a Patreon video with me as Argyle and Jared as uh, Ahoy Steve. So there you go. Ch- challenge issued. We need four hundred, right? It's it's so. roughly it's roughly a hundred if you guess. Yeah. So do it to it. Yeah. Pass it along. Send it out. Let everyone know. Uh, I love that. We should do that more. We should. That's brilliant. All right. 
Stranger Things, we're done with. Stranger right? Things, we're done. We're moving on. Not that you guys were would know where to skip to, but all you guys who didn't want spoilers can now click back in. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's been a year, Jared. It year. has been a year. Our first podcast was about the Black Widow. A little Scarlett Johansson flick in the year 2021. Yeah. 2021. It was a good year. I remember it, it like it was just last year. Just like it was one year ago. Yeah. Um, so we have been, so we did our little end of the year thing, uh, mm-hmm. early January, late December. Yeah. So the movies that we're going to talk about today are kind of our favorites from this year so far that we've watched. Um, and I want to start because there, are, I think there are quite a few movies that are already in, uh, in, uh, award territory or at least nomination territory, yes. uh, one of those being the uh, massive weight of unbearable talent, unbearable weight of massive talent. I'll never yes. get it right. Yeah. Um, I love this film. I really did. It was one of my, it's it probably, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite films that I've seen while doing the podcast. Uh, Nicholas Cage at his very best, in my opinion, you won't, I don't know that you'll find a better Nick Cage. It is one of the three movies this year that I have at four and a half stars. That's the highest. There's been no five stars for me, but it's one of three that that's a, four and a half. Yeah, I think that's absolutely uh, reasonable for the film. Um, let me pull up the IMDb here real quick. Uh, the The real hero of the film, though, we, we both agreed before was uh, Pedro Pascal. Yes. Uh, who plays Javi. And I believe that he's probably best supporting actor. It would take. And if he doesn't get nominated, I may boycott like the award season. Yeah, it would take a lot to outdo his performance. Yeah, and I'll rewatch it. And essentially the film is Nick Cage. He's playing himself. Uh, He goes down to Brazil to meet a fan for money. It's like some sort of gig. And that fan ends up being like the co-head of some gun running family. It's wild. FBI gets involved. It's a cool story. It really is. Yeah. Um, But Javi's just like an amateur filmmaker who just happens to be a part of this family. Anyway, it's, it's, the plot is awesome. The story's great. The execution's perfect. Like, it was fantastic top to bottom. Easily one of my favorite films of the year so far. Yes. Uh, there's probably going to be a ton of overlap in our list. Sure. Um, I'm not super surprised by Unbearable. Um, kind of, I'll just parrot everything you said. It's It hits on so many different levels. Uh, it's such a meta movie. And meta in the fact that it's aware of itself and it makes jokes that are pertaining to the movie as it goes forward. Like them in the movie wanting to write the best buddy cop film of all time. And then we're just kind of watching this adult buddy cop movie about Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal's character. Uh, It's, I don't know if Nick Cage will get a nod or, a uh 
nomination. I would love to see him get a nomination. I don't think he should win it, uh, but I would like to see him be recognized for what this movie actually is. I agree. I, I, I can't agree more. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen the unbearable weight of massive talent, do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Fantastic yeah. film. Yeah, it should be getting pretty close, if not already out on digital DVD. So you could probably find it pretty easily anywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't think we saw this together. I think it was me and Jason. But mm-hmm. one of my top movies for this year so far is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Uh, it's I haven't a- seen it yet. It's a movie that I wasn't expecting to like. Um, it's kind of exactly how the movie describes. It's everywhere, everything, all at once. You get a little bit of every kind of genre. You get comedy, martial arts, action, sci-fi. Uh, it's probably one of the best movies that I've ever done a multiverse story uh, and made it easy to follow. Um Starting out this podcast, I would have said I'm not the biggest A24 fan. Uh, however, I have become one over the course of a year. Uh, I've kind of challenged myself to watch more of the stuff they put out because they're very different than your typical film usually is. Um, I think the casting was fantastic. I think everything about the movie was as close to perfect as you're going to get from a movie I could definitely see it getting nominated I don't know if any of the actors will but as a film itself I could see it getting a nod uh, it just really pushes the boundaries of a lot of genres um, and I think it was pretty well received yeah everybody that I've heard talk about that film has loved it there, yeah. there I haven't heard a single negative critique or review about everything everywhere all at once and I've been wanting to see it so um, no surprises that you've seen it and it's just great raves yeah it's just a ton of fun yeah you go into it not really knowing what to expect and at the end of it you're like man i actually had a lot of fun for the past two hours so i uh today i i I drove a little bit i had a i had a passenger who was really into films Mm mm-hmm um, and she was, I dropped her off to watch, uh, an indie film, a documentary. And, uh, she l- enjoyed looking at different perspectives and shots in, in cinema. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking and I said that it's very difficult to put into words things that you see on screen and describe them to people uh, because it, it, it doesn't, when it's done right, it doesn't do it justice. Right. Okay. So the next film that I'm going to talk about is one of those that it's very hard to put into words because it's something I feel like you just need to experience and watch. And if you, if you can watch it in the theaters, it's probably better that way. But the Northman for me, was absolutely phenomenal um the cast was insane right was this an a24 film as well no no uh, it just I, had that I, natural I thought it would but it did have it had some what i would characterize as a24 characteristics of film very natural very 
you, you could kind of tell it wasn't ever really filmed in a studio or on set. Uh, but it was just an epic. That movie was an epic masterpiece. It was. I did not expect to go into that film, watch it, and then love it as much as I did. Because like I knew it was going to be long. Like going in, I, just, I knew it was going to be grueling. Uh, I knew it was going to be dark from what I could tell. It was all of those things. Um, and it was exhausting. I mean, it really, it was an exhausting watch. But it was so worth it. Um, and this, from the shot selection to the acting to the screenplay, they were true to what I believe uh, would have been like Viking culture, which I loved, like being yeah. somebody who appreciates history. I, I love that they tried to stay true to those roots. Um, didn't seem like anything was out of place. The, the, the cast, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke. Well, we've seen a lot of Ethan Hawke this year. Ethan Hawke's have been – it's these – Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight, Northman, Northman. and the Black Phone. The black and phone, yeah. It's and honestly, out of all of those roles, the Moon Knight role is probably his most time on screen role. Like, yeah, I mean, he's well, obviously the, he's obviously important to the black phone, sure. but he's really not on screen a ton, and you don't ever see his face. Yeah, he's got the mask. Yeah, and then in this in the Northman, he's in like the first act, and then he gets yeah. got. <laughs> which sets off the domino effect so he's just kind of like popping in and out but every role he's doing is really good yeah uh anya taylor joy who i i being honest i could probably i could see her winning uh supporting actress for this yep. or for her role um willem dafoe was in it not as often but um still gave what I thought was one of the cooler performances in the film. Yeah. Uh, he was like the witch doctor or like yeah, the, I don't the know. shaman. I don't know what they say or shaman. Yeah. that I guess he's the one that gets them in contact with the gods. Yeah. You know, they go on their vision quest with him. Yeah. Um, so he had like some like really cool scene and really cool dialogue. Um, like up and down. This is probably. This is probably the best film uh in its entirety where i think like, like massive the available way to massive talent there's a, a couple things that i like nitpicked but i think the northman was actually a better full film yeah. um than uh unbearable weight yeah for sure and i knew i was gonna like that movie from the way like the very first scenes I how they were filmed I knew I was going to enjoy my time in the theater because it's just it's filmed in a way you don't see often like 1917 was the first time I saw it and I realized that like I really love that style and it's like the long continuous shots where it's not the cut edits from scene to scene. So like as Alexander Skarsgård's walking through the village, we're seeing everything he's seeing because it's the camera's just like following him on a track the entire time. So like he goes out of scene for a little bit because he's walking around the house, but we're going around the back of the house. And it's just, it's always this continuation, 
there's no cut for the audience to like take a breath and collect themselves because something's always moving on screen all the time. Yeah. You got to think about timing too, with stuff like that. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is like how difficult it must be. And it shows just how talented these actors are. Yeah. Um, because when we think about acting, like a lot of the movies we see now are scene to scene where actors are still or not moving a whole lot. Like these, these guys are walking, fighting, running, talking, uh in one continuous shot and there's choreography that's you know a, everybody has is has a choreograph has a place to be at this time right yeah. so like it's super impressive to to watch a film like that knowing they've got you know all this well stuff. yeah because if they mess up the scene they have to go back to the beginning it's yeah not, it's not like oh we'll just edit that part out it's like no, you gotta shoot the whole thing. It's, it's all yeah. continuous. So um, yeah, the Northman for me, like, and it, it and it's it's grueling, it's gritty, it's dark, um, but I think it's real, and I love it. Uh, yeah. So it'll be an exhausting watch, but watch it. But I mean, you know, I was talking to my dad about it because he he wants to watch it because he's very much the same as you. His historical yeah. movies are his thing he's always watching documentaries or biopic like biopics on events people places and i was like you know it's going to be it's a it's a tiring watch there's not a lot of happiness in the movie and he goes well you know back then there wasn't a lot what a lot of happiness to be <laughs> yeah had. you know you have to he was like you know everybody wants to kill you all for so for a piece of land and so you never can trust anyone. So he was like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of happiness to be had. So like, you just have to go into it with that mindset that this isn't a feel-good story. This is a Viking story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it is difficult to, to, to put into words like just how pretty a movie it is. Yeah. Um, you can only use the words beautiful so much, but like, I, I'd like to, I, I'd love to build a world for our viewers to understand like what it, what exactly it is we're, we're talking about, because it, again, our words won't do this film justice. Like there are no. films where we can talk about it and you don't have to watch it truly. Like, like you don't. Um, but this is not one of those. It's very, it is an amazing film. Well, that's part of the, like, that's a part of the movie is how beautiful the scenery is and yeah. how green the greens are and how blue the blues are. And like you said, you can't describe that to someone. You just have to go see it. That was my, that was my second, my second pick for uh, one of my favorite movies that I've seen so far this year. Yeah. So I think my, we watched those in the same day. Did we not? No, we saw Unbearable on Friday, Northman on Saturday, and The Bad Guys on Sunday. We did. Oh, that's we did, right. We did three movies that weekend, though. <laughs> that was theater um, movies. Yeah, theater movies. Uh, my third and final four and a half star. And I don't know if it'll stay that way. Did you get well? Did you get? Did, oh, yeah, but well, okay. one of mine was my, unbearable weight. Yeah, so I only had three that were four and a half. I did have a couple fours. The Northman I had is a four. Um, my four and a half, and this might be recency bias, 
I'm going to go back and look at it in a couple months. Uh, and it's the black phone. I don't know what it is about that movie. If it's the acting, the storytelling, a combination of both, or if it's just that it's in a genre that is so hot and cold, but something about that movie, I just think back about it and I'm like, damn, that movie was actually great. And, yeah. you know, I just, I can't really describe it. I can see where people say that, like, might say, you know, that's a little high for it, but I just think it's so rare for me to walk out of a thriller or a horror movie and say, dude, I want four more hours of that. Yeah, it was fantastic. I want to, I'm looking it up now because I, I don't know what it was sitting at on IMDb. Do you, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes by chance? Uh, I do not. I was on my letterbox, but I can find it though. So, so right now, and, and it is a little more recent, so it'll probably go down a little bit into a more you know reasonable area. Unbearable Weight is a 7.1. Northman mm-hmm. is a 7.2. Black Phone, 7.3. Yeah. So it, it's certainly up there with movies that have done really well and that I would consider really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Horror thrillers. I, obviously me. So, so if you, if you've been a fan of the show, if, if you've seen us, you, you know that I had this really big uh, scary movie. I wasn't, you I wasn't just, about it. You just wouldn't do it. Um, and then I started watching and there were some that I liked, some that I didn't like. Um, uh, but I realized that regardless, I'm not a huge fan of the genre period. Right. Okay. Um, it's fine. Like, and, and if you're a, if you're a horror thriller buff, like power to you, like I've gotten, I've got nothing but love for you. Um, but they're not my cup of tea. This film was fantastic. I, every second I was engaged. Uh, it wasn't too long. The pacing was fantastic. The story was great. There was a lot of things done in in this film specifically that I hadn't seen uh, in other in other movies of the in the genre. Yeah, Uh, and I loved it, and I think it paid off. Yeah, it's just like so hard for me to like wrap my mind around that we go see *Malignant*, and in the same genre we go see *The Black Phone*, and how vastly different. And I know it's a different story, and I guess you can make that comparison with a lot of genres, but I definitely lean more toward the thriller fan and not the horror fan. Yeah. Uh, but if you if but, you were to tell me that we watched a movie directed by James Wan and a yeah. movie by Scott Derrickson, and you asked me before watching it which one's going to be better, I'm going to tell you James Wan smokes it, right? Yeah. Not the case. No. Uh, Scott Derrickson, the director for Black Phone, did a phenomenal job, uh, top to bottom. Uh, the casting, the story, like everything was done so well in the Black Phone. I completely understand why you have it at a four and a half. Yeah. I think I'd probably have it around a four. That's fair. I don't, I don't know that I'd have it at and, a four and a half. Like, if, and, we're, if we're just... Yeah, you know, and, I, and I'm even recognizing it as a recency bias. When I was doing the letterbox, I was trying to see, like, for in this six month window, what are the best movies I've seen? And yeah, if sure. I, at the end of the year, there might be some other movies that I say, okay, well, this is actually a four and a half, but the, so the black phone's more of a four. Cause that's what I did with screen, right? I had scream at a four 
right. the start of the year because I really loved the movie and how meta it was and how like self-aware it was, I think, when movies do that well. And they they did legacy characters better than every other movie except for one this year. Which I'm getting to. Uh, yeah, which will probably be <laughs> also my third. Uh, so we can tackle that together. Okay. But when I, when I looked at it, I said, okay, Scream versus the Black Phone. Okay, it's not even in the same ballpark of a movie. So it's not a four. Yeah. So it's a three and a half. So these are, these can well, change. Sense. Yeah, these can change as the year go and I see more movies. Um, and it's definitely a recency bias. I can acknowledge that. But I had so much fun in the Black Phone that I was honestly just caught off guard and surprised. Oh. <laughs> That I would love it that much. I, I get it. I really do. And I think that if I think if if we're not making those adjustments, then, then we're not doing it right. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think if we're if we're not reflecting on movies that we've seen and comparing them, then mm-hmm. we're not we're not doing the podcast justice. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I definitely respect that you went back and did that because you're right. You they're in this they're the same genre and one is clearly better than the other and you, and you can't you can't keep them on the same plane and right. that, and that's you know it's just like anything like any favorite movies of all time that you love yeah you know you, at some point another one comes along and you love it more and it's just going to take the top spot you know so there, there you have it especially now movies are made so well it's hard to say my favorite movie is from 2002 because without nostalgia they're probably 2002? just a, oh gladiator oh well, mine's from 2000 i was just throwing 2002 out but like even gladiator like is that 99 or 2000 2000, 2000. uh like even gladiator i love that movie to death i would still probably say it's my favorite movie but there are better movies that have come out since gladiator yeah and that you have to be able to admit that it's just a, a lot of favorites come from nostalgia well, they're hard picks. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, they really, it's not about awards. It's not about performances. It's, it's about your, your favorite, your right. personal favorite film, uh, or your personal favorite performance, your personal favorite character, whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, they're just hard picks, man. You know, I get it. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's, let's do this last one together. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, it's honestly one of the most fun films that I've gotten to watch. Um, and I didn't expect it. I expected it to do well. I did not expect it to break a billion. Dude, this has been a phenomenon. It's not even like, oh man, this movie's killing it. Like this movie is gone so far above and beyond what predictions. They've was- justified making a third with just the performance yeah i i hope they don't i hope they don't either but if they do i'm gonna watch it. i'm gonna I'm watch gonna love it i'm gonna watch the hell out of it so we're obviously talking about top gun maverick yeah okay and me and jared you know we're, we're big top gun fans that's like the original that's my twitter right? handle i was inverted yeah so this is something that going in, we knew we, we knew we were gonna like the film. We knew they were getting our money. Yeah. That wasn't the question. But what we did not expect was for them to go 156 million 
week one with the extended day. Yeah. Is that right? 156 yeah. million dollars on a sequel from 25, 30 Nin- years ago? 1984. Like, people love Tom Cruise. I understand that. But I did not expect the turnout. I was not prepared for, for that. If if on January 1st, I said, Kevin, Doctor Strange, the Batman, and Top Gun all come out this year. Top Gun's going to be the highest grossing film when it releases. If you gave me that list and you said Top Gun's not only going to be the highest grossing, but your favorite of the three... I would call you a liar and I'd Facts. slap you in the face. Facts. Open hand. I wouldn't even, I would just, mm. but you'd be absolutely correct. Yeah, it is. Because it's so good. And it's not even about Tom Cruise. No, it's really not. It's, it's not even, it's not even really about the nostalgia because that does play a role. Right. And they did it. They, they, they played the nostalgia card. It so tastefully though. So they did, um, with especially with like Val Kilmer, like that was such a cool, like that was such a cool moment that you knew was real when you watched it. They even talk about how it was such a heartwarming scene for for Val and Tom, and it was, it was, it was. We were watching real feelings, real emotion play out on screen. Right, so cool, right? But then you add. The, the story, the cast, like it was just, it was such a fun film and they had the strong female actress. So it was not a, not a love interest. She was just a great ass pilot. Yeah. And it was sweet. Right. Like that, that was honestly one of the most enjoyable experiences I might have ever had in a theater, aside from the Spider-Man movie, yeah. No Way Home, yeah, which was just everybody was. I like, mean, that know, was that know, was different. If you grew up watching those movies, there's no way that Spider-Man No Way Home won't be a theater experience you'll cherish for a lifetime. Like, yeah, but it's like seeing Spider-Man for the first time is something I wish I could recreate in myself all the yeah. time because, like yeah. that is that is like an endorphin rush. That is not often. Not at a theater, you no. know. <laughs> and this this is probably this has probably been the second closest yeah. to a, an endorphin rush that I've had in a long time. The shots are amazing. Like what they're able to do in those jets and what they're able to film now as compared to 25 years ago or whatever it was is insane. They pace the movie well. They set up a challenge for us as fans to say, you know, they might actually fail this mission. Like, there's a chance that it just can't be done because what they're doing is suicide. And it's just, it just clicks on so many levels. You know what I thought about that was super cool? What? So, I don't know if you noticed this. You probably did. Maybe it was subconscious, but you definitely noticed it. They don't they don't really announce the antagonist, the antagonist country. Oh yeah. You just assume it's like Russia or China or something. 
Right, but they don't come out and say that. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Which is really cool because, like, if you if you remember, you couldn't watch a film like this in the '80s without it being the Kremlin. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, always Russia. Being, it was Russia. Right? It was Russia was the bad. They were the enemy, and that pits countries versus countries. I'm not showing your movie. Yada yada. Whatever the case is, the only thing they did like politically was the the Taiwan flag. I think it was something like that. Um, was it Taiwan? What do you mean? There was a the of the patch on Tom Cruise's jacket on, on Maverick's jacket. They showed it. They said they weren't. It it was a thing. Uh, it, not it, really. It might be. It might be Vietnam because uh, that yeah. was the, that was the war. That the first one was like right after. So like Vietnam sure. ended in 76, 76 and Top Gun one or sorry Vietnam ended in like seventy five and the Top Gun one takes place in like seventy six. Right. So, so like that, he, so Tom Cruise fault in Vietnam is pretty safe to assume. Sure, but like. I love that they didn't do that. They didn't assign a bad guy. They made it a random, like they just made it this country, the enemy, whatever they used to. But it was so cool because like now every country can watch it. And they did a lot. It's not even just that they didn't assign a bad guy. There was no political affiliation. There was was no agenda. Yeah. The movie was just like, you know what our agenda is? Giving you badass jets. (laughs) <laughs> and super shredded pilots and they deliver it yeah yeah absolutely and, so, and you can tell and it's so funny because like when a movie gets the 40 plus demographic to come out of the house you know something is special and we were 20 to 30 years younger than everybody in our theater that weren't that weren't kids with their family and surprised and the demographic that showed up to at least to our theater yeah there was like some 50s and 60s bro well i can't tell you the last movie my parents have seen in theaters but they went out and saw top gun oh scott hubbard wasn't missing top gun bro exactly but it's like you know it's something special and that that demographic especially doesn't want to have agendas they're they're already set in their ways they've already you know for most of it they've lived good lives they've made their decisions too like they they don't need to be swayed yeah they've they've done their political stuff way earlier and now they're they're just set and they just want to be entertained and that's what top gun was just pure entertainment yeah so it's not going to get nominated for anything, which is, no. but it will might be the highest grossing movie of the year. And that wouldn't surprise me one bit. No, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, um, and, and justly so yeah. like, it was a good film. It was a good time. It was. Good. And I think when you, when you, when you make a film and you, you, you bill it as something we've had this talk before. Yeah. And it doesn't live up. It is so disappointing. But when it does live up, oh, it's gold. It's well, so rewarding, even as a viewer. Well, the thing about Maverick was I went into it saying, you know, this will probably be an okay movie that I'll really enjoy because I'm a huge Top Gun fan. But when, and it was the same thing with the black phone and everything everywhere all at once, when you can be surprised 
by how good of a movie is, it changes your whole experience. Like, yeah, like it really does. I, I thought Top Gun would be mid, but it would be a good afternoon with my friends to see a movie. The movie was so much fun. Like I walked out of it just blown away at how much fun I had. And that's the feeling. That's why we do this podcast. Really. It's not so we can get in here and critique yeah. movies and say, Oh, this is going to win an Oscar. This isn't going to win an Oscar. I genuinely love the theater. I love going to movies. And when, when I can leave a theater saying like, man, this was way more than I was expecting. It is the best feeling in the world to me. Yeah, no, the uh, being in a theater, having that experience is it's so much different than watching a movie in your house, on your couch, on your bed, at your computer, on your phone. Like we have access to all these different things. But the one constant is that the theater will always provide the best movie atmosphere that 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 you can that you can enjoy, that you can experience, right? You feel like you're treating yourself yeah. every time you go to a movie theater. You feel like you feel like you're being rewarded. Like you, when I was younger, we went as a family not very often because like movies cost money, right? right. You know they didn't have you get three, but you can subscribe yeah. Yeah, to the. You know what I'm saying? Movie. Yeah. Like you were paying for five people 60, 70 bucks. Okay. That's just food and everything. Tickets, all of that. Right. And we were getting popcorn. Right. My family loves to eat, obviously. I did. I respect it. You know? So anytime I go to a theater now, I, I it's gotten to the point where I almost take it for granted. Yeah. Right. It, but, it, but it's such a good, fun, wholesome environment experience. Like I love it. Well, so, it's, the, it's legitimately the one place I'll turn my cell phone off. Like not silent. And I know, I know that I'm by far the minority of people that do that, sure. but it's like, I really enjoy the feeling that I can disconnect myself from work, from text messages, from updates and everything for like two and a half hours. It's just me and a story that I don't know being told to me. And like, that's, it's just blissful. That's a cool day. Yeah. You're just like unplug like social media, forget about it. Yeah, I don't need it. And then like the Spider-Man thing, like when you're walking out of a theater and everyone's excited and talking about how much fun they had and how cool that stuff was. And like I was sitting next to strangers in Spider-Man and we were high-fiving and crying. This late this <laughs> this lady and her mom offered me a tissue in Spider-Man. And it's just like, dude, when that stuff starts happening and like you can hear dad's telling their son oh dude that was so cool i'm so glad we came out it's just different and i wish more people like just went into it like that like just let yourself go for two to three hours the world's not going to end and just like immerse yourself and for those of you who think that he's saying this for the podcast as somebody who's watched many a many a movie with jared hubbard he turns his phone off every single time it's fact i will text him mid-movie knowing damn well he will not get it until after the film is over so when he opens his phone he's got a nice little text message from kevin that's true that says, you, hey, you, only, you only you only text me when the movie's awful that's because when it's awful i have time like I, 
Uh, I'm blurry. Why am I yeah, blurry? You are Fix blurry. me. Oh, there we go. There we go. There's that beautiful face. That's because when a movie's bad, all right, I, I'm not enjoying myself. That's right. And and I feel okay with like shooting you a text message. And, and like, I obviously, I respect my time enough to not not like sit on my phone or socials or whatever while I'm watching right. a movie. I won't do that uh, for the sake of like the podcast. We but have I, to talk about it later. I get being disconnected from a movie. Like I didn't give a shit about Jurassic World or the Three Five Five or anything like that. Oh. It's just like. When I start inner monologue, next week we'll do our worst movies. Yeah. Don't worry. Sure. <laughs> when when I enter monologue to myself during the movie, like, damn, I wish this was over. Like, I know, oh, man. Yeah, like, like when when I can recognize that I'm not having a good time, I know the movie is not very good because a lot of the time I, yeah, I'm trying to catch everything the movie has to offer. Sure. But when I'm just like, man, I really want to go home. Yeah, if a movie's good, I won't. I won't touch my phone. Yeah, like uh, if I get like a like a text or something, I'll check if it's an emergency. But I won't. I won't actively engage in in phone stuff. Right. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Top Gun Maverick, go watch it. Sure. Uh, Phenomenal. Do you, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I can throw an honorable mention out here. I've seen some good flicks this year. Uh, my honorable mention. Uh, not that one. Maybe that one. If I were to pick one right now, Mm -hmm. my honorable mention would probably go not that one either. I mean, it would have to go. It would have to go to Death on the Nile. Uh, right. Mostly because I really enjoy uh, Hercule Poirot. Poirot. And uh, I really enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, I like murder mysteries. I think they're fun. They're fun. Um, I think anything that causes me to like have to really think about something and try to notice and observe things mm-hmm. um, I enjoy um, and I also enjoy the performance of um, oh, what's his name the guy who plays Hercule uh, 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 Kenneth uh, Branagh Kenneth Branagh yeah um, as an actor and like I think he does a lot of writing or producing yeah um, he does some directing too I think he's I like think, a jack I, of all I, trades I think he directed does he directed uh budapest not budapest i was gonna say what's the no he did last year because he got nominated yeah i think he he won for it's a move i think it starts with a b belfast yeah belfast okay (laughs) Um, so yeah, he, oh, he, did, he did direct Death on the Nile as well, yeah. which is yeah, that unspo- Did he direct Tenant? No way, is that real? Tenant was a good movie. Oh, okay, I think Christopher Nolan directed Tenant. Okay, why does it have him on here? Oh, he was he was a part, he was, he was in the film, okay, yeah, got it. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go Death on the Nile for my honorable mention. That or I really enjoyed um, 
I guess I could do movies that I just watched, right? Sure. Uh, the Godfather. <laughs> well, like, speaking of The Godfather. Yes, dude. Rip James Caan. Oh, man, uh, today was rough. Yeah, uh, James Caan, Sonny Corleone. Uh, he was Brian Piccolo and Brian Song. He was the dad in Elf. If you're younger, he was the writer in Misery. If you're he was in Misery, uh, just a true legend to act. And he was 82, so he had lived a long, successful life. Uh, but we always hate to hear stuff like this. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Khan family and just let. Yeah. And I know you guys probably don't listen to this, but no. We loved him, and we're sorry for your loss. Yeah, absolutely. Facts. Yeah. Um, as the the somebody said it, I I really didn't believe him because like someone was like, "Yo, James Condot, that worked." Yeah. Like, no, he didn't. Stop lying. Because I feel like the last few weeks we've had quite a few. Well, I mean, this for, is like for, the second mafia movie. Yeah, go with him and Ray Liotta. I got. I texted like our family group chat and Anthony messaged me. He was like, Lauren and I always play this game that when you're the first person to text the chat of the day, it's either breaking sports news or some actors died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. There's like the two things I care about are sports and movies. Um, Yeah. But rest in peace to, to a legend, a a real, a real legend in, in the game. So, I gotta go rewatch The Godfather here pretty soon. Maybe, obviously not tonight because it's late. But I finished watching The Offer. It's got me jams in to watch a little. I gotta watch the show. I can't wait. It's, I can't it's wait so to watch good. It. It's ten episodes. You can fly through it. <clears throat> um, you got anything else? I do. Jared, thank you. Been an awesome year. No, oh, dude, I couldn't I do wanted, it without you, man. Wanted to extend my gratitude. Uh, I, I do a lot of stuff and, mm-hmm. and I, and a lot of things, a lot of times I won't stay with it. Like I'll, I'll do it for a little bit and stop and do it for a little bit and stop, you know, but, but doing this has been really awesome yeah, and really fulfilling. And I, and I've enjoyed every second. So, um, thank you to a great oh. year yeah, and, man. uh, to, to many more. Of course, man, we got nowhere to go, but up, uh, same same sentiments to you. I couldn't do this by myself. I couldn't talk or feel comfortable talking to a podcast by myself without someone to soundboard off of, or at least have, or at least have this banter with. Uh, It is super fun knowing that like I get excited for stuff because I know I can put it in the podcast. Like I do way more research and reading now, or when I see something pop up, it's like, Oh dude, I get to talk about that. And you're like, you're always the first person. I send stuff to. It's like as soon as I <laughs> see a cool movie fact, I send it to Kevin. Like it's just, it's I just the way things go. Like all the time, where I'll see like a really cool scene or an actor like doing something, and I'll, and I'll send it to you. Um, yeah, man, it's just it, it's so different now looking at it. Um, you know, obviously when we started, I said I was more of a casual fan, and, and it's it's definitely grown, and I, I think I've grown more. 100%. Um, and so it's like, it's just really neat to see, you know, how much I, I enjoy each and every, and it gets, it just gets 
better. I mean, it just gets stronger, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And I would have never known, you know, if you hadn't said, Hey man, let's, let's do this podcast. Yeah. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. This has been a lot of fun for me too. Uh, thank you guys to the fans for sticking around for a year, man. You know, who, who, uh, who else would we do it for besides uh, the, our loyal followers? A hundred percent. And, uh, they make it, they definitely make it fun. And we, there's a lot of people that, that reach out to us um, and we'll, we'll talk to them and we'll, we, you know, we have them on the show and all kinds of stuff. And it's just really cool to see that there are other people who not only enjoy movies, but actually give a shit about what we talk about, which That's is true. just new to me. You know, I've never been the guy that people care about uh, my opinions. So that's been a cool feeling. Yeah. Um, I would like to give a shout out to uh, some friends in Mississippi that run a podcast. Uh, it's Travelers on the Omnibus. Um, okay. It's just your kind of your typical all things nerd pop culture. Uh, they cover gaming, movies, books, everything. Uh, they've always been super great guys. Uh, always sharing our posts, always pushing our stuff on their show. Um, so we appreciate you, fellas. Thank you guys so much. Oh, yes. I am an avid listener to you guys every week. As you know, I sent a very strongly worded email to your uh, passenger feedback list on the Star Wars prequels movies. Uh, so no, I listen. And no, I, I stew in it. <laughs> strongly worded email yeah that's awesome yeah so so thank you guys um just some like get hype movie news uh we did get a runtime for avatar 2 this week tell me it's two hours 47 minutes it's probably going to be on the plus side of three hours let's go dude yeah, yeah james cameron uh. James Cameron like said the movie was going to run about three hours, and he was like, "I already know you internet trolls are going to bitch about the fucking runtime." His <laughs> like actual actual quote was, "People who haven't already haven't seen the movie are already bitching about the runtime and shit like that." And I was like, "Dude, James Cameron is just on one today." <laughs> and he was like, "You know what? I don't want to hear you can't sit." For three hours because i watched my kids watch six hours straight of fucking stranger things this weekend <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that yeah That's dude, great. So, so he's he's on one and then <laughs> today a trailer dropped for a movie called amsterdam okay and Kev, kevin when i tell you it might be one of the best cast movie ever and no. I can't, and I can't even remember everyone that's in it, but I know it's Christian Bell, uh, Margot Robbie, Anna Taylor Joy, Mike Myers, Robert De Niro. Do you Mike Myers? Yeah. Like Austin Powers, Mike Myers? Yeah. Let me see if I can find. Is it called? Oh no. Amsterdam. Okay, so Taylor Dude, Swift, God. Taylor Swift, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Robert De Niro, Christian Bell, uh, Timothy Oliphant. 
Yeah, Timothy. I, it's hey, Swizzle. Let's yeah. go. I'm telling you, dude. This. I just watched the trailer and I was like, why are there so many people in this movie? Oh, it's set in the 30s. So it's either going to be awesome or it's going to suck. No, it's going to be awesome. I can tell by the plot. Set in the 30s, it follows three friends who witness a murder, become suspects themselves, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. Timothy Oliphant, Zoe Zaldana, Remy Malik. Chris Rock. Dude, that's going to be a banger. Yeah, and I had no idea this movie existed until it popped up on my YouTube as like new trailer release. Oh, I hope that's good. And I, I'm just going to say this because I think everything he does is gold. Christian Bell is probably going to steal the show. It's likely. And he could do it. He could also do it in Love and Thunder. I, that's what I hear. Love and Thunder is not as good as Ragnarok because they they said that it leans too heavy on the comedy, which I'll probably enjoy because Taika Waititi, him and Chris Hemsworth have a really good vibe. Uh, but I hear Christian Bell is the guy. Well, he's he's a he's just a superior actor he i mean is, I, like he is just that's not one of can't the, really debate it and everything he does he just gets better like, yeah he, christian bell is just one of the goats he can do anything in my opinion yeah. I, I think literally he can literally play any character um i'm a big fan so. and he, mu- he must like this character because he said he wouldn't do comic book movies again unless the character compelled him so oh, really yeah, like he once nice. once Batman was done, he said, "I'm done with comic book movies." Uh, so, fair enough. Yeah, and obviously, um, Thor: Love and Thunder comes out this weekend, which we will watch, and we will we be will back watch. next week. Oh, yeah, we'll be back yeah. next week. Yeah, the it'll probably be unless hear me out. Mm-hmm. The week we go to Biloxi, unless we do a roadcast. Can we do that? Uh, I'm sure we, we we would have to finagle it a little bit. Can we hook but, up with some of the Mississippi boys while we're there? Oh, I was thinking we like did our podcast on the road. Like like on the like, like in the, in the car. Yeah. Oh, that'd be dope. Can we do that? Is that a thing? And we'll have to figure it out. But we can do that. I know the guys more than likely uh will want us to be on their podcast. Heck yeah. Dude. So uh, and they're all good people. If they ask, I'm and definitely want to. They obviously they've never met you, but they they want to meet you. I mean, what was not like you know? God, dude, I, I, maybe we won't get invited. <laughs> but no, the but, podcast sounds like a lot of fun, and and I remember the uh, the episode that you were on previously. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I think it'll be a cool vibe. I'm actually really looking forward to opening up a little bit more than I do on this podcast. Yeah. Um, just because I try to, I, I've tried very hard to keep it a little more family friendly. I, Look, I was doing a direct quote from James Cameron. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I had nothing to do with that. Story. I feel like I've been better. You have been absolutely like from when we started to yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I've tried. Different. I've tried. 
You can really see the effort. (laughs) And those of you listening should appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Because once it gets once it gets once it gets rolling, it's hard for me to put on the brakes again. (laughs) So uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to to opening up a, l- a little bit more uh, yeah, yeah. over there. So that'll be cool. Oh, uh, but, but it's it's late. Before we go, yeah, let's do socials real quick. Socials, and then we'll we'll sign off. All right, all right. You first. You yeah. Actually, all you right. do it all. All right, cool. We got Facebook. Silence your cell phone. Uh, subcategory podcast. Instagram. Silence your cell phones. Twitter, the silenced phone, but you can search silence your cell phones. We'll be there. We have a Gmail. If you are so inclined, silence your cell phone, no S, at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. If you want to help support the show, help us grow, uh, it's silence your cell phones. That should be all of them. I think you got them all. Once again, if you want to see Kevin and I in our best Argyle and Steve, Halloween costumes. We need, ah. we'll call it 400. If we get 100 subscribers between now and if we're close to 400, I will honor the bet. So please spread the word. You're share not this. supposed to tell them that, bro. Yeah. But I, I just want them to know that I'm putting their best interest at heart. Okay. I'm, I'm showing them faith because I trust them to show us faith. Spread the word, like, subscribe, send this out to everyone you know. Yes. We're please. trying to grow. The podcast the best we can uh this is a learning experience for all of us but uh obviously we love what we do we've been over that we do and we love you guys too we love you guys all right kevin you got anything else i got nothing buddy go ahead all right well we will see you next week guys and sing